1: Hello and welcome back to the Radiate Wellness Podcast. Today, we radiate healing with Adam Scott Campbell from Colorado, who's had a very interesting story of healing of his own. Welcome, Adam. It's so good to have you. I'm glad this worked out.
2: Yeah, Christy, me too. Thank you.
1: Oh, absolutely. Now, you contacted me. Now, had you heard the Real Life Angel Encounters Podcast?
2: just one or two episodes I just I wasn't I don't usually look listen to podcasts you know I was actually looking to share my story and I figured podcasting might be a good way to um to connect with someone who could get the story out there better than I could alone you know oh yeah um and that's you so (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: and that's me well well sadly I mean you contacted me on the Real Life Angel Encounters uh, Gmail, which is Angel Encounters Podcast at gmail.com because there are still listeners, although I put that podcast to bed. But then, your story was so compelling. I wanted to have you on this show, because I think it's important. So, you had a remarkable healing journey that led you to write a book. Can you tell us about it? Yes,
2: ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Um... So I, um, I have the book here, um, but, um, anyway, I, I went through a bunch of stuff, you know, and, um, like we have the book here, but, um, yeah, you know. the
1: book is Walking With My Angel by Scott yes. Campbell, and we can get this on Amazon, correct?
2: Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Um, yeah but the things, I mean, you're probably wondering how I came to know about my angel. Um, right. Mm -hmm. Um, so, so long story. Well, we can do long story short or short, but, um, no long story. I learned about me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So after a bunch of stuff, we can go into this in a sec, but after a bunch of stuff that happened, I was at my end. Um, I was dying and my, my, in long story short, I've, I've had a lot of, like, I've had two brain tumors, or a recurring brain tumor, I should say. Wow. Um, and really so the... Age, from what I understand. Yes, I, I was nine the first time it happened. Um, wow. Was it cancer? Yeah. Um, they didn't know. Um, one doctor said it was cancerous, one doctor said it wasn't. Um, so they really don't know, and they took care of it as far as we know. And so I don't have it now. So at least that takes care of the issue for now. Right? right.
0: Um,
2: so, so, but, but, you know, after everything that's happened since then, you know, a lot of stuff has happened, I've had breakdowns. I've had, I see double, um, constantly. I've had eye surgeries that haven't fixed the issue. I have, um, I've, my blood pressure almost like inched toward the roof. And then my parents thought they were going to lose me after brain surgery in senior year, the second brain surgery. So a lot of stuff's happened since then. I've had breakdowns of other stuff. And it's just like, after all of that, I, I made a decision because I felt like it was what God wanted me to do. And, you know, I, I, I made the decision to go off my medication, you know, that I've been on for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. And during those, there were nine months of not being ha- not having medication, nine months, and so my brain was shutting down. Oh wow! Um, does that make sense?
1: It does. It does. Um, it sounds like that was um, a necessary medication.
2: Yes, very much so. Okay. Yeah. Um, so. So you probably, I don't know, what are you wondering now? Because I'll answer whatever question you got at this point. <laughs> and I'll keep no, going. no, go ahead. <laughs>
1: so you, you went off of it and you felt that you were really compelled to from the other side. Like that was the right thing to do. Yes. What happened?
2: Yes. I broke down over nine months. Um, my brain broke down and I, I stopped being able to function. Oh, my. Um, I, my, I couldn't, I forgot how to do things. I forgot, I forgot things that I should know. Like, did I take a shower 10 minutes ago? Did I eat yesterday? Did I take a nap like half an hour ago? You know, it's just little things. I'd forget everything. I couldn't remember anything. My, my head started to hurt. Um, but not just my head, like my thoughts, my thoughts themselves would hurt me. Um, it became painful. Yeah. It it became painful to think. Um, and so, so at the, at the end of those nine months, um, I was basically, my brain was shutting down cause I couldn't handle anymore of being without medication. Mm-hmm. Um, now so.
1: family know that you had gone off the medication?
2: Oh yeah. Yeah. They, you know, they, they weren't, it wasn't something that they were happy about, but they trusted that this was from God, that this was from the other side, as you put it. And they were just, they were letting me make my own decision. Um, and I stuck with the decision. Right. So, so at the end of those nine months, um, I'm, I'm still able to walk around. I can't talk to anybody cause my, my mind is at war and it's, it's like basically shutting down. And, but I'm, I'm walking towards the front, the front doors of my church building, you know, cause I, I attend church and, And as I'm walking toward the front doors, I heard this voice in my head. Um, I heard this voice in my head. It was, it's just two words and it just said, it's time. You know, Mm -hmm. just those words, it's time. And I've I've learned since then that those words weren't spoken to me. They were spoken, yeah, they were spoken by God to an angel. And when, and, and, but I've learned that it's been a long time for me to learn that. But, um, so when, when I heard those words, immediately an angel came and she was, she was full of glory and love and power. Full of, she's just full of this. And she just rushed toward me, is the word I use. And then she engulfed me. Right.
1: Yeah. And so you saw your physical eyes.
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I, I saw it, but I, I didn't see her for very long. I saw her for about two or three seconds, sure, um, because that's how fast she was coming. It was like, is like an angel straight from heaven to me in two seconds, which is pretty fast, <laughs> you know. Right. Um, so, so then she engulfs me, right? Like her energy, her love, her eternal power. I'm engulfed by this, and. And because of that, she gave me life when I didn't have any left. Oh. She saved my life. And, and and it was like, I'm talking a lot. Um, but, you know, it's like, it, it, of course, it's the huge, it's the biggest thing that ever happened to me at that point, right? Um, so, yeah. Does that answer the first part of the question?
0: It does.
1: Yeah, okay. I'm loving this story so far.
2: Okay. So what this, else what else do I need?
1: Well, just um, how did she how did she appear in those two, three seconds? Do you remember anything of her appearance?
2: I remember that I know that I that I recognized her and that probably sounds bizarre. Or maybe that sounds bizarre. Mm-mm. I recognized her face. I recognized her energy and I felt, and I know her, I knew her energy. Like it felt very, very familiar. Like I'd known her many, many times, many times before. Like I, and I know I've known her, you know, you know, when you've met, you meet somebody that you've just known before, you don't know how you know them. Um, it was like that, you know, exactly like that.
1: Wow. And how did it feel when she just like completely engulfed you?
2: Um, imagine that you've got like all this excruciating nine months worth of pain that's just built up and you're full of tension and you're barely holding on and, and you've got all this stuff that's just like wrenching you apart and then you're, and then you're, and then you're bound in the arms of eternal love. So those two warring, um, uh, feelings Together, like intertwined very, very tightly in, an, in a moment of excruciating everything, you know? Wow. That,
1: that <laughs> that, is that... That's amazing. So did you know immediately what was going on?
2: Like that she was an angel kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah, I knew. Oh you know? Oh,
1: my gosh.
2: I mean, I... I mean, I've been raised to believe in angels, right?
1: Good. Mm-hmm. I've
2: never been engulfed like that before or since.
1: Mm-hmm. But
2: I, 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 knew, because of I, you know, you don't forget that in a hurry, first of all, and you yeah. don't, and you don't mistake it for something else. You don't pretend it's something it's not. I, I knew she was an angel, and I knew that she'd come to save me. For those two seconds that I, that I sensed her and saw her. And then she just, and then when she engulfed me, it was like, okay, I'm going to be okay. Things are horrible. And I've never been in greater pain, but things are going to be okay. Mm. Right. Um, So.
1: Things start changing for you after this. Like, what happened? What happened after this?
2: You know, well, first of all, I don't remember the embrace ending. I don't remember her leaving. I don't remember anything else. I don't remember going into the church building where I was planning to go into when she came. I don't remember anything other than that moment, but I do remember that because it was soon after that, probably within the next week, week and a half, I was in the closed psychiatric hospital ward, um, in here in Denver, um, one of the hospitals here. And, um, and of course, Knowing that she had saved me was like, because, you know, I knew what eternal love was. I didn't want to be here anymore. I wanted to be with her in heaven because I felt like that's, I mean, I belong with her is that kind of thing. You know, it's the most, that's another, that's a different kind of wrenching pain, but it's like heart pain, you know? Um, right. So, um, so it was just it was a struggle because I was just like trying to, um, trying to learn, relearn to function in a in a psych ward. After all this stuff had happened for nine months and this same- saves me. And it's yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> That's a long answer, you know.
1: Wow. And obviously you regained function after this period how did that
2: happen slowly it happened very very slowly um for example i didn't i tried holding jobs you know Mm -hmm. and after after a while because it took like probably a couple of years for me to come down enough that i could even think about holding a job Mm -hmm. i mean i've been embraced i've been touched by heaven and so so it's just like the next couple of years i i just Relearn to function. I relearned to eat. I relearned to walk. I relearned to, to talk to people. I relearned to, to go do things with people. And it was hard because there was no desire, none to do any of it. There was no desire to engage in anything. It's like, it's like the everyday becomes so mundane that it's ridiculous. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, It was just, no, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Did she, did she make a, a, did she reappear? Did you have any other visitors come along while you were recovering?
2: Um, she didn't reappear as she did when I, when she came, you know, I've seen her since then, but it's not, I see her in my spirit's eye or my mind's eye, if that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's different, you know, it's a different thing.
1: Right. Yeah. What type of, what type of feeling or emotion do you get from her now?
2: Comfort, love, but it's very gentle. I also get this feeling of, sometimes I get this feeling of she longs for me. Mm. Um, and if you, you know, we don't, you know, Christy, we don't, we're talking for the first time, but um, for most of my life, I haven't liked myself much um, because of the things that I've been through. I kind of saw myself as a freak, scarred, um, beat up, worthless, what have you. Um, so, so to have her manifesting her love to me in my mind's eye and, and like, I can see her in my mind's eye holding me. I don't feel her physically, but I see her doing that. Mm-hmm. And I see her, like with this love and this longing and this devotion that i don't understand fully yeah. um so I, I does that answer just is that
1: yeah it it does it, it it does having never had an experience quite like that i you know i'm fascinated and i want to know all the things so you know, I, before we started recording, Adam, I asked you if you'd had a near-death experience, and it wasn't that. It was a living experience, but it sounds just as powerful.
2: Well, I'd almost died. You know, if she hadn't come, I would have died. So it was a near-death experience in that way, True. right? Mm-hmm. So
1: Everyone that I know who's had a near-death experience, and I've interviewed a lot on this show and on the other show as well, Real Life Angel Encounters. Um, and they all say that it's a, that's where, that's where I want to be. I don't here in this body that has the pain. I don't want to be here. That's where I want to be. I want to be with my, my people, my person, my, I want to be there. Mm-hmm. And so why do you think that she didn't just take you then?
2: I have more to do. There's more that I, I'm, I don't want to say assigned to do, but there's more, I have a mission. Like everybody on this earth has a mission specific to them. So my mission isn't done. Um,
1: What do you feel your mission is?
2: I don't know. I would guess that it has something to do with um, touching another heart, saving another life. Um, and it's not something that's done one and done. It's like something that needs to happen over and over and over and over again. Um, so basically I'm here till God calls me home.
1: And so what are you doing to touch hearts?
2: I'm, I mean, I'm a writer, I'm an author and I just finished my, my, I mean, obviously we talked about it, but, um, Right. My book, Walking With My Angel. Mm-hmm. Um, the the power that's in this book is tremendous. Um, and I'm not... I'm, I, I, that's a really bold claim to, to make. You know, and I, I get that. Um, but I also no, know... It's
1: not entirely you, too.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I also know that it, it has the ability to... Bring light into people's minds, hearts, lives, um, and the reason I think that it does that is because it's pure honesty, and it's pure honesty from the standpoint of I've been through a lot, so have you. Um, you know, and we we can get through this together. But, you know, that's the message, really.
1: Um, we all have this angelic support. Yes. You know, and that's the whole reason I started the Real Life Angel Encounters podcast in the first place. It's just the same mission, to let everybody know that we're much more than we think we are. And we have infinite support from our angelic team. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're on a similar mission there. Now, there's something interesting about this book, Walking With My Angel, that it's not like other books, is it?
2: No, <laughs> it's not your, uh, I mean, obviously it's a book of poems, but how many, I mean, basically it's a, it's an unveiling of all my, all my sacred things, yeah. you know, it's an unveiling of sacred things. And, um, and while that's been done, I don't think it's ever been done in this way. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a brain tumor survivor on this planet that wrote a book of poems about his angel. You know, like all the things that make it up. Like, I don't think there's anything. I think you're right. You know, really.
1: (laughs) There's nothing like it. Well, first of all, it is a book of poetry. Yeah. Well, I've had, let's see, David Ditchfield has been on this podcast and he wrote um, Shine On about his near-death experience. Um, There's Susan Walter who's been on this show. She took her um, her experience and turned it into paintings and artwork, um, but, and there, there's Dr. Eben Alexander who wrote Proof of Heaven after his near-death experience, but, you know, all of this work is very, um, not that yours is not factual, but it's like all narrative, right, so it's narrative, Mm -hmm. it's telling the story in a different way, and you, why, why did you choose poetry,
2: Poetry is a lot easier, well, not, not easier. Poetry is a lot more straightforward to, to, to pour my heart and soul into in a very time-efficient fashion. And maybe that sounds robotic, but it's like, um, it's like if I can sit down um, for a half an hour, an hour, I can knock out one of these angel poems, but I pour everything that I have into it you know? Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a force that's created in half an hour. And so it's more powerful because you can read it in half an hour. You can read it in five minutes, each poem, you know? Um, And so it's like it's like a it's like a a, like a, a you know, just a shot to the the heart, you know, basically in two seconds or however long, you know? And it's just it's powerful is what I'm trying to say.
3: Did you know that Radiate Wellness is more than just a podcast? That's right. We're also a comprehensive, holistic wellness practice. Find out about our services, practitioners, and upcoming events at radiatewellnesscommunity.com. While you're there, visit our podcast page to read more about our great guests and even donate to the podcast. If you like our podcast, you can help in other ways as well, like subscribe or follow us wherever you're listening right now. Tell a friend, a family member, or a coworker about the great content you find here. And if you wouldn't mind, please give us a thumbs up, a five-star rating, or a positive review. Sounds like a small thing, but it really helps. You might like to know about our Facebook communities while we're at it. We have a free community, the Radiate Wellness Community, on Facebook for news and great free content. Our subscribers group is Radiate You, as in the letter U, but also, well, you. There you'll find curated replays of past classes, guest interviews, and more. And now, back to our podcast and back to our
1: guest. What's your process for, um, writing these poems? Do you connect with your angels first or do you, what, how do you, how do you approach, like, how do you get these poems?
2: Um, you know, I once had, well, two answers to that. One, my, uh, I just sit down and write. There's a, there's a thread in my, in my mind is how I say it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I can feel that thread. And when it's like tinging, you know, this kind of twanging or whatever. There's like, I, I just basically grab hold of that thread and start writing and stuff comes out. It's like channeling my own whatever. Right. So that's the first answer. Um, the second answer is that, you know, I, I had uh, a mentor, an old mentor of mine, um, Tell me that I she she'd read a lot of my poetry. This was in, in college, and she said, "You know, Adam, you're you're a messenger," is what she said. You're a messenger from those on the other side to those on this side. You're a conduit. You're a conduit for for the, of messages to to those on this side. And you know, sometimes you know, for me at least, sometimes I don't know how it happens, right? I just I just start writing stuff comes out and it's like, I look at it after I'm like, holy cow, what was that coming from? You know? Um, so yeah.
1: And so what's the subject matter of your poems in this book?
2: Well, each one's a little different than the others, you know, but they all involve of course my angel. Um, they're all, you know, you could call call them spiritual pep talks, you know, really some, quite a few of them. You could call them like reconnecting from mortal to an immortal. Um, you could call them, you know, different, you know, you could say different ways.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. D- do you have a name for your angel? Do you? No. Anything?
2: No. I call her angel. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: that makes yeah. it easy. Yeah. And so you yeah. were writing poetry before you did this book.
2: Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah, I, I back in the day, I published a different book called Embattled Me, A Poet's war. Um,
1: war. I'm sorry, a what's war?
2: A Poet's War.
1: A Poet's War. Oh,
2: interesting. And, yeah. So that one, um, that one's not for sale right now just because of some issues I've got, but my hope is that it becomes republished, you know? Yes. Um, so anyway, yeah.
1: Oh, Long answer. Okay. Yeah. And is writing poetry your... Your day job?
2: Um, I don't have a day job. Um, every time I work a job, my brain shuts down again, and I have issues, and I either end up in the hospital or I stop work.
1: Right. Um,
2: so, it's, yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's an ongoing thing. The brain is so essential to our functioning. Um, But it sounds like your brain is is wired to connect with something much bigger than yourself.
2: I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Okay. So I know that you were a church-going person before this happened or while this was happening. So, like, what type of faith were you brought up in?
2: I was brought up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Angel uh, Moroni, isn't it? Moroni. Moroni, Moroni. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, that faith talks about angels, right?
2: Yeah, definitely. We definitely believe in angels.
1: Yeah. yeah. And so what was your family's reaction or your church's reaction when you actually had one appear to you?
2: Um, well, I didn't exactly tell everybody about it um, <laughs> when it first happened. Sure. Really. I only told one person, um, that was my dad and it wasn't right after it happened. It was like months and months and months later when I was functioning enough that I could actually communicate what had happened to me. Yeah. So it took a long time, you know?
1: Wow. What was his reaction? I mean, that's not something you would come out and tell your parents.
2: No, my dad is a very strong guy, you know? Um, he, he listened and, and I didn't just tell him about the angel. I told him everything that had happened during those nine months. So I basically just dumped on him. <laughs> I basically just you know, info dumps for, for a half hour or whatever. Um, and he, um, he, he just sat there and he took it in and, he, and, and he, we got, I got done. He was like, you've had some choice experiences and that was it and it was like that was exactly the response i needed because i didn't need like um you know fanfare or just like wow or whatever it was just like you've had some choice experiences it was like you know the right thing to say Mm -hmm. so
1: how do you think that experience affected you
2: it changed everything how um besides the whole mundane thing, mm-hmm. besides the whole, you know, this is, I mean, this life is so pointless because I could just be with my angel in heaven. You know, besides that, it was like, it was like it, it became, over time, it took a long time, but it became a much more than a happy thought, you know? It became like a, a reason to keep going you know, when I didn't want to keep going. Yes. Um, in fact, when I had no motivation at all to keep going, it was like, she's the reason I kept going. Um, it was, you know, if I can say so, it was excruciating. Um, that that heartache that I felt, you know. Right.
1: Which, again, is is fairly... Known, I can't say it's common, but it's known among people who've had similar experiences. Just that, um, oh, that nos- nostalgia in terms of um, nostalgia, meaning it's just a um, missing of home.
2: Yeah, pull. It's a pull.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Similar, similar things were reported after seeing the movie Avatar. A lot of people saw that and thought, well, I, I don't belong here. I belong there. And and pull, Yeah. Mm. Um, so after that, did your church recognize what happened and accept it?
2: Well, it's not like, you know, I, there's really, there's only a relative few people, not the church, but people that I, that I shared it with at first. And I mean, now that the book is out, I'm sharing it with everybody, but, um, But, no, I I didn't share with too many people at at the start, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, why not?
2: It was sacred. It's still sacred, you know. It's sacred information. And also, you know, it's not just sacred in the usual way. Like, this is something I shouldn't share kind of thing.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. My angel... Um, my angel's love isn't something that I can share with anybody else, right. I can tell them about it, and I can tell them how, and I can describe it, but it's totally inadequate, of course. Um, wow. so i I don't know if that I, that doesn't sound like it answered your question, but no, um, it
1: does. I totally understand. I mean, it was very intensely sacred and personal to you you mm-hmm. know that type of thing you do keep close to the heart you know i teach reiki for kids and i tell them the the symbol that we use it's sacred we don't share it with anybody and that just drives them crazy they want to share it and I, no it's sacred mm-hmm it means something really powerful. We don't just go sharing it willy-nilly. So I do honor that. I, I respect that, Adam. I, I honestly do that you would, you would keep that to yourself at first, right? Right. Um, so would you be willing to share some of your poems?
2: Sure. Um, um,
1: I'd love to hear them.
2: Um, so I'm going to be looking down while I'm reading.
1: Oh, absolutely.
2: Okay. Um, so the first, I'm probably going to share the number one poem in the book. Mm-hmm. Okay. First I, I can show, share other ones, but okay. This is, this is, um, of course about my angel and I, they're all about it. My angel line. This describes the whole story in a nutshell.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: This is called Eternity's joy. Two angels of glory in heaven and in love clasped hands and spoke words far, far above, that some day, when God would, they would meet again, that they'd hold to each other, through inferno, tempest, and quake, to the end. One angel, by nature and by name, love, lived her mortality, pure like the dove, caring far deeper than others could care. Hurting, for caring makes one far more aware, sharing her love, the love eternal, divine, the love that makes darkest hatred unwind, doing the good that God would have her do, She saved lives, patching rifts with her wondrous heart glue. God himself having placed in her his light, she drew others after her to fight for the right, and when another might falter on the way, she would encourage, embolden, and the right path they'd stay. Like the lighthouse that illuminates the path, she showed God's way to escaping God's wrath. The way was to do always what God would have her do, no matter the weather he'd carry her through, and so she would be remade anew, a spiritual lighthouse, all dark to undo. When her mortality drew to a close, she returned to her king, to whom all who die go, and at some point her king called her and said, your eternal companion languishes near dead, in the mortal realm where once you dwelt, he prays to survive the hand to him dealt, the path he was called upon, the anguish he's borne, go, save him from whom all life is shorn. And with scarce a reply she sped from God's side, Finding her love standing, yet all strength having died, on his last legs, life slipping away, she rushed to him, embraced him. Later, he'd say that an angel engulfed him, so great was her love. Such were his words of her sent from above. Her spirit, energy, love, and glory allowed a spent mortal to add more to his story, but darkness and evil have since played their hand. Oft has he forgotten what it means to stand. While tempest he's pushed through and skirmishes fought, winning solo, he simply cannot. Yet in special moments when his turmoil is still and he's listening and hoping for heaven to fill the stillness he's recalled that he still desires, he sees God's special daughter. not else transpires. Her face he recognized, though he could not recall how they knew each other. A veil blocked as a wall. God's grace enables him to learn more of the reason she came to him for. Though oft of his filth he has felt ashamed, and though his self hatred, self loathing, and blame have left scars most ugly upon his soul, 'Tis only God, family, and her he lives life for, her. and such sacred moments when he picture pictures her near, are moments preciously sweet and dear. For such moments he eagerly yearns, pondering it grows easy to discern, that all things he was sent forth to learn, endurance, compassion, hope, and faith, charity and all the rest, are lessons required for they too to be blessed. For when their eternity they at last see, equal they must of necessity be, for such naught shall ever annoy, bound forever, eternity's joy
1: that's lovely it really does tell your whole story thank you (laughs) hers too in a way yeah you know she seems chosen to do this Mm -hmm. and her her story in that kind of reminds me of michael archangel michael really yeah (laughs) just her her battles and everything so that was interesting yeah. So, th- but this, this all leads me to another question for you, Adam. Why you, why do you think you were chosen for this
2: experience? I've never thought about that. Honestly, oh. I just, you know, which is, you know, I should have thought about that maybe, but um, I think, uh, I think if I had to guess, I would say that, you know, we each have a vital role to play um, here on Earth in helping other people, and whatever our role, specific role to each of us is. I think for me, um, I've always been blessed with the ability to um, to care. And while I think that caring about somebody is different than loving just pure love like my angel has and is possessed with and is filled with, you know, I think being able to care is something that I have strongly. And, you know, and I think in order to this story or any story of worth, you have to care. You have to care not only about the story, you have to care about the people who might hear it, you know, and you have to care that they'll be helped maybe by it. Right. Um, I think everything that I've been through is because was I, I went through and God put me through because I needed to become who I am in order to share the story that's inherent in the things that I've been through. Does that does that?
1: It does. It does. You needed to tell the story, so you needed to have the story, so that you mm-hmm. can experience the things. If if I am understanding correctly.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat>
1: So what do you hope that your book, Walking With My Angel, does? I mean, what do you want to communicate with it?
2: I hope that it touches a heart. I hope that it saves a life. And I hope that happens over and over and over and over and over again. You know, I hope it never stops. I hope there's always somebody who discovers it anew. I hope that, you know, somebody picks, I hope that a new person every day or, or however often picks up the book and just sits down and starts reading it just because they, they see the cover and they're like, I have to learn what this is about. And they, maybe it helps them in their life. You know, my, my hope is that it does that for untold amounts of people, but one, it's, it's always one by one by one.
1: Absolutely. Well, and you know, being on podcasts and doing interviews will certainly help. To reach other people and, and touch other people um, and I hope you have some more lined up. So, Thank you. Would, would you mind uh, reading another short one?
2: Um, I don't have any short ones.
1: Oh, they're, all, they're all pretty long?
2: <laughs> that, that one that I just read you was the longest um, in the book. Yeah. I can read you one that's slightly shorter but it's still long. Um, right. Do you want another one?
1: Let's, let's hear it.
2: Okay um uh okay so we're gonna go this is just so background this is a poem from the perspective written from the perspective of my angel so i love that yeah so um so here we go this is oh my warrior when god brought us O oh, my warrior, when God brought us together, eons past, and our eyes met, and our focus was caught and held, full fast, and transfixed in full for gazing, we knew our mate of soul, we grasped somehow that together, our half was now a whole. In that place so sacred, where after oft we did return, we grew closer and stronger, of God and of our path to learn. God made us for each other, much have we walked through, when taking one single pained anguish step was the hardest thing to do. We, you've protected me against enemies when in their midst we stood. You fought for us in heaven, as we long promised that we would. And when, wounded in my spirit death, you longed for only me. Father, granted that I run to drag you from the dread melee. You have such faith, my warrior, it's preserved us time long gone. You have compassion for God's children. You have the gift of song. You have also a connection to we on the other side. Our whispered words with pen and paper you've often scribed. And so oft have you taken those writ words to them in need in the exact moment they pled our God to intercede. We've learned together, we fought together. Through all, we have grown close. We endure veil separation, accepting what God knows. When we stood together premortally, so close hand in hand, and heard the mortal challenges our our mortal God for us planned, we knew we'd be separated, that our connection would be torn, until you, my beloved warrior, stood, all strength from you full shorn, we knew we'd reach that point wherein I'd have to save your life, when the threads of your mortality would hang upon a knife, that in that moment I alone could preserve your embattled soul, that you'd ache ever after, grasping why you'd ne'er been whole. Such is our story, and such are burden. psalms, in this our current hour, when doubt, in part, seems calmed. I'm by your side. You sit sick in bed as oft before. I know you know I'm with you. We know you want no more. That our aid from across the veil, powerful though it surely feels, does not empower you, my sweet and babbled writer-warrior, to heal. It doesn't finish your written work, it brings not fulfillment, nor does it engender satisfaction what you so long have been wanting for. But it does confirm to you a truth you rarely shown: midst ocean, storm, and fire, you've never been alone. When ocean storms have fully raged and you struggled in your boat and you grasped the truth, it was not you keeping you afloat. When infernos raged and you within chose to walk on in the flame, the light within your heart showed you, God knew well your name. When blizzard fierce all around you, blinded you with reflected light, with limbs numbed from the cold, you stumbled on, keeping the fight. You've wanted mortality over, you've wished our mission complete, you've waked to lay our life in some total at Christ's feet. Come with me, O oh my warrior, kneel with me before our Lord, Trust fully in him with me, our lives in him are restored.
1: Wow, that's really like she's just speaking to you. Yes, I love that. I love that you can have a conversation with your angel at any time.
2: Well, yeah, you know, it's it helps if I have pen and paper. <laughs> True. You know, she, you know, how they talk about the muse as as writers, you know, or, okay. or as artists. Mm-hmm. I think she's my muse.
1: <laughs> yeah. So she's your soulmate too.
2: Yes, she is my soulmate. Wow! Wow,
1: that is amazing. Well, Adam, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. Is there thank any- you, Christy? Oh, you're welcome. Is there anything left that you have not mentioned that you think is important?
2: Um, oceans. There's oceans of that, but
1: uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I think listeners will have to read your book.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
1: They will have to read, and again, your book is
2: "Walking with My Angel." Um
1: yep and by adam scott campbell and this is available on amazon is that correct
2: amazon yep Mm -hmm.
1: yeah is it available anybody else
2: no just amazon and it's uh hardcover paperback and and kindle ebook as well
1: great oh all three so exciting thank you (laughs) (laughs) awesome well thank you so much for joining me today adam
2: thank you christy
0: Radiate Wellness is an international community of holistic and alternative healers dedicated to helping you create spiritual, energetic, and physical well-being. To learn more about our practitioners, services, classes, and events, or to schedule an appointment, visit us at RadiateWellnessCommunity.com.